What's up, everyone? This is Press X Start Podcast, Season 5, Episode 41. Press X Start Podcast is an audio and video podcast seeking to transform the video game media landscape through an underserved and protected point of view. Restorative justice for the underrepresented programmers, developers, and consumers. I am your host, DJ, a.k.a. Sexy Bad Choices, a.k.a. the writer for The Republic, not The Republicans, The Misty Superman, a.k.a. Did you know that, in fact, Riders Republic is not SSX? It's not trying to be SSX, but it's still very good. Is it still trying to climb its way out of a trash can? Sir, it's grinding on the trash can. And I mean black grinding, not snowboarding. (laughs) (laughs) I am Sean M.F. Ross. (laughs) What the Uh, MSF? Mysterious Friday. (laughs) <laughs> on the day that you will be listening to this. Ooh, mysterious. Okay, okay. And who else is here? I'm Avery. He, no, yeah. no, no. He, he's Wavery. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, my gosh. Anyway. Oh, my gosh. We're funny. All right. Well, um, with that being said, I think we can get into what we've been playing. So first up, uh, there is a, a, a Marvel game that came out, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, something like that. Uh, a couple of people have been playing it on the cast right now. It hasn't yeah. been me. So, so you guys go ahead and talk about it. Talk your Avery, shit. you can start because you've been playing it longer. Yeah, so I'm a giant Guardians of the Galaxy fan. Like the fact there's a Guardians of the Galaxy movie is thanks to me buying the Guardians of the Galaxy comic book when no one was talking about it. Uh, in the early <laughs> mid to early two thousands, and making literally no, the, no. Thanks to Avery, he bought like ten of them. No, you, so you're, you, you, I own twenty five copies of Dark Hawk number one, so that might not be too wrong. <laughs> oh, my man, gonna be rich in thirty years. No, it's Dark Hawk. I'm not gonna be rich, but no. Uh, in all seriousness, I love the Guardians of the Galaxy, and I'm happy that they've become such a big uh, property uh, property for Marvel. But I've never been happy with the fact that ever since the movies came out that the gardens as a brand have had to synergize with the film interpretations. So Rocket Raccoon went from a quirky, kind of funny animal creature to the biggest asshole in the world. Peter Quill went from a super competent, like a hardened war veteran who's like sometimes in over his head to a, how does this person function in real life? Uh, Drax went from like a contemplative warrior to this guy's a walking joke at every five seconds. Uh, and Gamora went from female Wolverine to she just happens to be the nicest person on this team. That's, that's the best thing I can say about her personality. So, like, wait, wait, I, wait, 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 wait. What about Groot? I mean, the, Groot didn't really change much except <laughs> for that classic Groot used to be a villain. So there was always a sinisterness uh, yeah. about that character until. Wait, what? He used to be a villain? Yeah, he's like an old uh, Incredible Hulk villain. Mm. Oh. Oh, okay. You I think I remember DJ's that. Old world, <laughs> right? Con- I have a group tattoo on my chest. <laughs> well, the context of the original Guardians of the Galaxy was that like there was a giant war. Peter Quill was in jail, and he had to put together a super team to deal a Black Ops mission. And th- that team, after that war, became the Guardians of the Galaxy. And Groot just happened uh, to be one of them. So they were the original Suicide Squad. In a roundabout way, yeah, sure. Huh. <laughs> well, but yeah, this game is Idols Montreal. Is Idols Montreal? Or- yeah. Quebec. yeah, I just want you all the team behind Day Effects. This is their gardens game. And 
I'm a Guardians Mark. I've already established that in the very beginning. I'm a Guardians Mark. I generally love everything the Guardians of the Galaxy are in. I will buy anything those characters are in. Uh, that being said, so take my words with a grain of salt. I am super fucking enjoying this game. Mm. Awesome. Well, awesome. Dear. I knew nothing of Guardians of the Galaxy before the movie, but I am also enjoying this game. I have no point of reference like he does prior to the movies. So my only gripe about this initially was they don't look like the movie. Granted, they look way better than they did uh, versus the Avengers, Marvel Avengers game when they first got announced. Boy, everybody was like clowning that game. We clowned it. Boy. Yeah, we did. We, we most certainly did. <laughs> we got Avengers at home. So actually, uh, essentially where I stand on this, uh, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, that looks interesting. But what really put me off was the gameplay itself. Mm-hmm. And then second was me as well. I, I probably have around the same amount of understanding of Guardians of the Galaxy as Sean does. I mean, I am aware of the comics. I mean, Avery, me and Avery went to the same high school. So I, I you know, I, I saw his collection. I, I've seen these things. But Nigga, you uh, yes, I was a giant <laughs> nerd. People bullied me. <laughs> hey, we were where they at? I'll go fuck them up for you. Nah, go Don't worry, Sean. They're all dead. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so yeah, like um, looking at this game, I was very much so like. I don't really like the blonde hair on Star Lord. Like that was it was little things like that that was putting me off. Like Drax looked like he's bloodied all the time. Like I, these things. As these... soon as I got his 2014 costume, I changed it to that. So you can do okay. that. So yeah, okay. So that that was my question. Is like first off, like how is the um added costumes? Do they look cooler than the movie versions? And like. Are you guys yes. really mixing matching, or are you just like you got one? You're, you're sticking with that. For me, it was very much what version of this character looks the most iconic to me in this version. So, like mm-hmm. for like, I don't hate the Peter Quill design in this costume. I think his jacket has a little bit way too much shit on it. But I think his design yeah. is actually really it's like I'll, I'll overdone. Really, yeah, it's a little bit overdone. I so like yeah. I kept him in his base outfit till I got the 2014 one, which is essentially just the base outfit except with less shit on his jacket. Uh, Gamora, the minute I got her uh, 2014 costume, I switched out because I yeah. don't like the weird armored shoulder pads that they put on her character. That shit yeah. looks strange. Drax, the minute I got a costume that looked a lot like the uh, comic book version of Drax with his comic uh, accurate tattoos, I put him in that, uh, yeah. and then uh, Groot. I only have an issue with Groot's design. That being said, when I got his original comics Guardians costume, when it's him in uniform, put him on that. And Rocket, there's literally nothing you can do to make me care about his redesign because none of his costumes get rid of the weird fucking beard Groot thing that's on his chin. I just find just annoying looking. (laughs) That being said, like in terms of how the characters look, and I'll let Sean tell what he put everyone in. uh, I think like the facial acting in this game is fucking insane. When all the characters, yeah. When the characters have conversations and act, it's like, oh, I'm not. Ha- I'm watching a movie. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm watching, watching a movie or a TV show. Yeah. Wow. Okay. The dialogue feels supernatural. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no. Go ahead, uh, yeah. Avery. I think so, like, I, so. Real quick. I mean, uh, obviously, DJ's, we yeah. are staying away from spoilers and anything like that. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, like, yeah, worry. DJ was talking about uh, the gameplay turning him off, and if the gameplay doesn't look interesting to you in the trailers, it's not the selling point in this game. Like, yeah. I'm 75% way through the game. I'll probably have it finished by the end of today if I just have a, like, three to four hour session or 
probably yeah. sometime this week. But I will fucking say that like I see what they're going for with the gameplay, and mm-hmm. I I think it needs to be refined. Uh, movement mm-hmm. doesn't really feel great. Shooting doesn't feel great because like you're playing as Peter and it's a third person shooter, but like it's not an accurate third person shooter. Yeah. Like you have to use the lock on feature to really be accurate with yeah. your shots. So like it's hit firing versus ADSing and the hit firing is just fucking bad. Uh, and then like the game has melee and like up until you get like a the wind power, there's like no real reason to melee people. And then there's so okay. many weird RPG elements in the game that I don't think they need to be there. Like there's a skill tree, yeah, but like, okay. like yeah, like you, you level up and earn skill points that you can buy new abilities for, but like all the characters only have four real abilities so like you i don't know why you're making me buy them you these could have been just easily unlocked as i kept playing the game yeah right and then like when they introduced a perk system they show you Uh all the perks you can get and you don't get any more after that so it's just like okay i can literally buy the best perk in the game in the first 30 minutes of the game so you don't have to progress your way to it basically no it's it's like that's the same thing with abilities yeah it's so weird Um, the shooting and the abilities is just kind of strange. Like, there was a point in the story where I thought I was going to unlock the elemental, like, the way... Uh, this isn't a spoiler. He has elemental powers, whatever. Mm-hmm. When he gets the ice shot, I thought you were going to get it from a certain point in the story, which I'm not like going to spoil, but I, think, but I think Avery understands what I'm talking about. Yes. But, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. Um... The combat isn't terrible. It just could have been cleaned up more. It could have been more fluid. I mm. think that's my gripe with a lot of games nowadays. It just after playing some shit like um, Apex, Gundam. Oh, okay, Apex. Yeah, get the get out of here. <laughs> Almost everything feels clunky compared to Apex. Okay. Yeah. That, yeah. For me, it's like every any yeah. third person shooter feels clunky outside of Apex. Mm. So, especially, I mean, especially but, when it comes to movement. Yeah, but mm-hmm. it's it's not so much that it's a deal breaker. Yeah, like when they first announced the game, I was like, mm, I don't know. But then Avery said the dialogue is pretty good, and I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying the shit. Um, the only thing I really changed so far as far as costume was um, Drax to his movie version. Um, I have the Dark Horseman one of Groot, and then the movie version, but. The game in the movie version of Groot is so slight of a difference, I didn't even bother to change it. There's no point. Damn near to me. Didn't unlock anything for Gamora. I got Peter Quill's uh, Nova Core outfit, what have you. But I just left them as is. I think the, the, I am, No, continue, huh? Sean. Now, I was just going to say, I'm not as far as Avery, so I mean, I can't really say too much, but it, it just feels like you're playing a movie. Uh, a yeah. really, really interactive movie. Yeah, that's the strength of this game. That like if if wait 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 before we jump real quick about the costumes how are you unlocking the costumes you find them you in the find world them. okay gotcha gotcha so and there's like, a visor attachment where it'll actually you can't find the costumes with that can you no you can't essentially okay. just you, explore explore it's the costumes yeah. are their incentive to explore the world around you gotcha because you, you never like, feel rushed is it really hard to find the costumes is it like no it's literally yeah. just as long as you take your time as you're walking through this area you will notice. Yeah. The areas where oh there might be a costume here, gotcha. It branches off yeah. or just collectibles to upgrade your shit. Yeah, I will mm-hmm. say. It, well, I think the combat leaves a little bit to desire. I think the exploration is actually really cool. I really mm-hmm. love using the individual gardens and their individual tasks to solve puzzles. 
Like a yeah. lot of puzzles are going to an area, looking around and saying, okay, that's a heavy rock. Drax can pick that up. There's a wall that's a soft wall. Gamora can cling on that. Here's a whole rocket can fit in that. There's a brick. There's some tree bark on the other side. Groot can make a bridge there. It's like there's all these cool little elements there that I think are really cool. But the, the yeah. strength of this game and the reason you should pick this up is its story. And I'm not finished with it, but I think its story shits on every other Marvel story. Marvel game story. That's big words. Okay. Like, I can agree for the most part. Like it does something in like it does something in like chapter two that like I was not expecting, but it's such mm-hmm. a perfect twist for this version of Star Lord to exist. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think so, Sean- my, uh, so quick question is: Is this twist new to any like comic storyline of Guardians? Yes, one hundred percent. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. What were you gonna say, Avery? I think Sean, well, I don't want to uh, tip my hand, but it's when you meet a certain character and Quill makes certain deductions about that certain character, that twist is not in any Guardians uh, material, but it seems perfectly mm-hmm. believable for what this iteration, the movie version iteration of Quill, which this is kind of aping, would have those issues. Okay. Um, the other thing, and I think, are you pretty much done, Avery? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much done. I'm pretty much done. The other thing I'm loving about this is the music. Granted, Avery is younger than me, but this is full of 70s and 80s music. Mm-hmm. And I already listen to the most of this shit like daily or every other day. Yeah. And just like the movies, it just throws it in contextually just at the right times. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I was just going to say that I, I saw some kind of uh, impressions on the game and they were talking about the music and how like uh, I forget the song that they're talking about. I was like, oh, that that actually sounds pretty interesting. Like if that like pops in as you're playing a boss guy, I was like, oh, OK, it's kind of well, cool. like the, one of the cool things that it does is that the one detail that it takes from the, the, the films that like all apes is the 80s aesthetic when the Peter Quill music thing. And so like one of the coolest gameplay uh, things that can happen is that like you build up a meter and once you get the meter filled, it allows you to h- call a huddle and the, mm-hmm. the huddle is this contextual thing where your characters all express their feelings about this current fight that's going in, and you as Peter Quill has to take that contextual information and give them a pep talk. Yeah. And from that pep talk, you then you get, get like your, a power boost. You get a power boost, and they start playing a random song. Oh. So yeah. what, okay. the bosses will have themes, and they're saying, yeah. ah, I only like this theme, hit the button, give my pep talk, and now for the next minute, I'm gonna have this cool 80s ballad in the background as I'm fighting this. Yeah. Mm, okay. Okay. That's pretty cool. It seems like you guys are really enjoying the game. Um, I think, like, you know, that sounds really interesting. I think I actually might go ahead and just get this game and play it and, and see. It's only $60. Surprisingly, it's not 70 And yeah. uh, as I was telling DJ, but I'll share with the readers, listeners, watchers, watchers, Um <laughs> if you use Cash App, they have boosts, and I've been using this to buy my uh, PlayStation game, but it also works for Xbox games. If you use your Cash App card to buy like games on the PSN network or Xbox, they give you like ten percent or fifteen percent off. That that was just the advice. We are not sponsored by uh, Cash App. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sponsored by Cash App, unfortunately. Not yet. You haven't yeah. joined the Hundred Thieves yet. Get to the Cash App compound. Hang out with Drake. <laughs> All right. So the next game we are going to talk about, which is going to be me, is about Riders Republic, which is also a sixty dollars game, not a seventy dollars game. All right, that was um, enough of that game. Next, and I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
uh, you know, if you've been listening to the last I don't know, four or five episodes of our podcast, I've been talking about how um, I wanted a SSX game because I miss SSX and I miss the extreme sports games and all that stuff. And then I saw Riders Republic. And I was like, oh, let me try the beta. I jumped on the beta. I was like, oh, this is not bad. It's not SSX. The controls are a little weird, but it's not bad. So time has passed and I finally got the actual game and I've played the game. And I got to say, I am really liking this game on par with SSX. I think this, in a way, is the spiritual successor to what SSX was doing. It's not any way... Um, I think when it comes to the, the personality of this game, it is more in line with Tony Hawk, like an extreme sports Tony Hawk game, versus like what SSX was doing, where it was very much so like... Uh, the music was like, it's tricky, it's like all that, like, yeah. hype this. there's hype to Riders Republic, but it is very much so um, a different, I can't think of the word, but it's a different type of, it's a different energy that this game has. And, you know, like, after playing it, after really getting ingrained with, like, the loop of this game, it is very much so like, oh, I am, I'm excited to play the next big Red Bull event. And it, it has Red Bull energy. That's what it is. Uh, this game is sponsored by Red Bull and Red Bull is everywhere you do all the big events you do are Red Bull sponsor and it's like yeah okay this is what that is um, the controls I've gotten more custom with them I definitely feel like um, it's one of the things where I talked about last podcast where when I start getting bikes that are better in rotation just like how your boards level up as you play in SSX like at that point, that end game is is what you want to see. Like that's the trick level that I think of when I think of SSX, and I think like I am slowly getting to that level in Rise Republic, and because of that, I am like, okay, I feel like once I'm at the end game of this, like I am going to be really loving this game. Um, so the difficulty of this game, it's like amateur, pro, expert, and then I think there's another level after that. I am playing on the pro level. I feel like I actually I switch between pro and expert. And I feel mm -hmm. like pro is like when I'm just like playing and experts like I could push this a little more. Um, I think one of the selling points to this game or one of the marketing beats was the mass events where it's like 64 player race and so on and so forth. And it's just a bunch of people just racing at the same time. That yeah. mode is by far probably one of the most fun experiences I've had all year in terms of gaming and like the beta they had and it was kind of glitchy it wasn't really working too well the actual game now they've polished it and it works pretty well um i think the the can you the knock one, people off their, their bikes, so you can't boards, whatever you can't like hit people but you can bump people and you can bump people into objects and such like i was literally in the thick of it <laughs> I was literally in the thick of it and like I was fighting this guy because there was a tree that was down lane and we were snowboarding and I'm like I'm not hitting that thing and he that guy was obviously like I'm not hitting that thing either so we were kind of like battling out to kind of like edge out and eventually I split off because I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to be bothered with this. And I think 
he split off too, but I think he like bumped into someone else and they both hit the tree. And like I was like, oh, that sucks for you. Like, I, but um, yeah, like the game. <laughs> so yeah, the, the, the game is like really fun. It's one of those things where I'm not in a rush to really play it and beat it. I'm just having fun playing the games and playing whatever event that I want to play. Uh, I think if I were to critique the game, I think there is still a little bit of a lag when you are switching between different sports in a race. So uh, some of the races you switch between biking to snowboarding to rocket wing. And I think that switch is a little jarring because it's just like, you really shouldn't have this like this like lag and it should be able to switch pretty quickly. But actually now I think about it, I don't know if that's because, you know, the game is actually giving you a chance to uh, adjust to like the change in controls as well. Um, I think the other problem that I have and I had with the beta, I was hoping that would be fixed or, uh, you know, adjusted in some way is the rocket wing. The flying in this game is kind of awkward. Like I never know how far I am from a checkpoint. I never I can never judge where I am in relations to the edge of the checkpoint. And sometimes I just miss the checkpoint thinking I'm going to go under and into the checkpoint. That's mm. kind of weird. And I actually tried switching to first person. And first person, I don't know if that was the race or just like first person on the rocket wing. It's kind of borked. So the frame rate skips like every, I don't know, every 45 frames. So it's just like it goes, it freezes, it goes, it freezes, it goes, it freezes. And it's just like, what what happened here? So hopefully that's something that they fixed. I, I haven't tried it since the f- one race I did it on, but yeah, that was that was not a great experience. Are you strictly so, playing this game in multiplayer, or are you doing any of the single player stuff? Um, well, the game is essentially always online, but when it comes to the races, I think the races you do, they're not they're not multiplayer. I think it's like they use like um shadows of different people online because you can restart the race and it restarts with the same people but if mm. it was multiplayer you wouldn't be able to restart the race so i think it's just they use people's names and they're just doing like ai stuff but um yeah the mass races you can't restart so uh once you take a tumble you see your <laughs> you see your place go from 12 to 32 to 45 then it's just like oh, i'm fucked but um yeah like overall I'm having a great time with this game like it's definitely going to be probably in my top 10 for the year. It might edge out to top five, depending on how the rest of this year goes. But yeah, this is really great. Really great. Uh, oh, there, there's one other thing about this, which is the accessibility options that uh, before the cast, Avery enlightened me by telling me that all of Ubisoft games have this uh, built-in accessibility screen reader where it reads off the press X to start the game, which I thought was pretty cool. But um, it I believe they, I believe they say press cross. Oh, they it play, is cross. You're playing yeah, on a PlayStation. Right, right. <sighs> Craziness. But um, yeah, like it, <clears throat> I, I turned it off the first time I played the game. Uh, the second time I turned it on, it didn't turn itself off. So it kind of um, made me jump a little bit because I wasn't expecting it. And I didn't know. I thought someone else was in the house telling me to play the game. I appreciate that. Hmm. But no, thanks. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much my time with Writer's Republic. Next up, we got Far Cry 6. Yeah, so I beat this game, and uh, ooh, I don't know if I'm going to go back to it. 
I think I started to get open world fatigue slightly, and I didn't even drive all around. I warped everywhere. Oof. Um, I don't remember if I mentioned this last cast, but I mean, it, it touched on the American slavery system. Okay, yeah, yeah. And um, I pretty much just rushed through the end. Oh. <laughs> what? Why did you rush the end, thinking that you just need to get it done, or was it just like was it just pushing you forward, pushing you forward? Nah, there's never really a sense of urgency in this game. Like, it's like I think in one mission, this guy named Bicho calls me, and he's like, he's drunk, and he's like, come on, hurry, come on over, you know. And I'm like, eh, I think I took like a day to get to that mission. <laughs> but ultimately, the game it did not end in the manner that I think it would or thought it would. Okay. Is that for a positive or a negative? It's neither. It's just a narrative <laughs> thing that I just caught me by surprise. Like, uh, okay. like fucking wow. <laughs> okay. Okay. But I did enjoy, I did enjoy the story. It was enjoyable. Granted. Um, of course it's an open world thing. It's not as focused as a, uh, you know, linear game, but you did get to see Giancarlo's character far more than you would in any, like the main villain far more than you would in any other Far Cry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've belabored this multiple times. Far Cry is Far Cry, so I mean, there's not much to say about the game. Yeah. Um, off the random, I was browsing Reddit and I saw Zombies Ate My Neighbors was finally available on PlayStation. So I bought it like mm. 2 in the morning. I think it was like um, $15, $10 if you're a PS Plus subscriber. This is the game I used to play like a lot, a lot on the yeah. Super Nintendo way back in the day with my uh, sister. So I saw this and was like, oh, I need it. Um, yeah. <laughs> basically okay. it's a I want to call it almost isometric top down kind of game and yeah yeah running around saving your neighbors before they get touched by the zombies and you got squirt guns and tomatoes and plates and all manner of stuff that you use as weapons but then they also have like little hell children and werewolves and guys in hockey masks with chainsaws and aliens just a whole bunch of stuff I think they have like 40-something levels, I probably got through like 15 before I finally died. Uh-oh. Roughly about the same place that I would have died way back in the day. <laughs> so, But I still had fun playing it. That's awesome. And I think it included the sequel, Ghoul Patrol, but I didn't touch that yet. So, Okay. Yeah, yeah. I've yeah, seen but, that now. Yeah. That's it. Alright, All right, well, uh, with that being said, we have a word from our sponsors. It's actually, yeah, no, it really is us. It's us. Uh, we did a live reaction to the latest of PlayStation State of Play, where they talked about uh, new third party games that's coming to the console eventually. And they had a quote unquote deep dive of Little Devil Inside. Um, and we gave our impressions after the State of Play. And it's pretty good. It's it's kind of short. It's under an hour. So you should definitely check it out. Do it. Hey, everybody. Have you been enjoying this episode so far? Would you like to make sure you keep getting the best last news reviews on all things video games? Then we need your help. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our show. And if you have, share it with your friends, your family, frenemies, people down the street. Every little bit helps. To see what we're up to throughout the week, follow us on either Facebook and Instagram at pressx the number 2 start 
on Twitter at PressX number 2S, and on YouTube at PressX to Start TV. If you've done this, many thanks. You're one of the good ones. And we are back. Now it is time for the quick hits. Number one. This comes from Skydance.com. Skydance New Media joins forces with Marvel Entertainment to create a new, I'm sorry, an all new interactive title. Uh, so if you don't know who Skydance New Media is, they are a newly developed game studio headed by Amy Heading. If you don't know who Amy Heading is, she is the ex-writer and director of some of the Uncharted games. So she left Naughty Dog to go to EA to work on a Star Wars game. And that didn't go well. Uh, EA canned the game and she left EA and people were just like, EA, you suck. Um, so now she has her own studio and they're working on a Marvel game. So everyone is really excited for this. We don't really have any news in terms of what this game is going to be about, who's the game is going to possibly focus on. So a lot of people are speculating and kind of just, you know, shooting their shooting their shot in terms of who they want this game to focus on and so on and so forth. Who made the Walking Dead games? Telltale. Oh, okay. That's so confusing. I thought Telltale. they formed a new studio at some point, and I thought this was it, but okay. I got to make oh, They, yeah, they no. did. The, well, no. Original Telltale has been revived by like a third-party media group, and they're mm-hmm. quote, unquote, continuing the Telltale legacy. And I think some of the original Telltale devs have gone on to make their own studio. I can't remember because I was not necessarily a Telltale fan, so I didn't keep that information in my back pocket. Mm. <laughs> cool. okay. That's more information than I had. <laughs> so yeah, uh, we don't know what's going on <clears throat> here, but um, this is really exciting news. Uh, what I don't... Marvel title do you think they could uh, see? There, there's the question: is what I would want, and what would make the most sense for a Marvel property? Because what I want is a Cyclops and Iceman game fighting for the good of mutant kind. But from sure. a for a pure brand of Marvel <laughs> comics. You essentially look at an MCU character. If that character is in the MCU, then odds are they are going to synergize and make a game off of that character. Yeah. I kind of feel like a, I don't know, maybe a Captain America game would be interesting. Because I feel like he is a, you know, a quote unquote down to earth character where you can kind of map some of, uh, you Nathan know, Nathan Drake shit. Yeah, to that kind of game. Like Then again, like, it's it's one of the things where, you know, will she go with something that is more comfortable with her, which would be, like, uncharted, dialogue-ish kind of stuff, or will she just try to do something all new? I mean, it would be cool to... Eh, well, Insomniac know. already has Spider-Man, so who else Yeah, is, exactly, uh, yeah. Funny. Yeah, and I think I, I heard some people kind of uh, speculator or guess that maybe it could be an Iron Man game, but I don't. We already know. Have... I mean, we we talk about Amy's work on the Uncharted games, but we, let's not forget that she was a game director for Jack Three, so she has range. True, that's a good point. You get a point. Good point. Yeah, I ain't played it, so I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, that's... you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. She's also one of the writers for Forspoken. Oh, oh. with Gary Whitta, pretty cool. Oh, she got All right, really. then. Yeah. I'm interested. <laughs> you have my attention. <laughs> All right, number two. Uh, this comes directly from Microsoft. 
A Halo Infinite campaign overview video was released uh, this week, and everyone was hyped over this. Everyone except for Sean, Maddie. <laughs> Sean doesn't care about Halo. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it's, it's one of those things where, you know, the balance is, was people hyped over this because of the actual content they saw in the trailer, or was it just because we all got confirmation that Halo single player is an actual thing that exists and it looks, you know, on par with what they showed a year ago. I say on par because there's been a lot of uh, videos kind of pointing out the graphical tweaks here and there that was made between the video last year and, and what was shown this year. And part of it is like, OK, well, that was improved. Like the cutscenes have been um, reworked and, and made to look better with more uh you know, lighting effects and so on and so forth. But the actual gameplay itself looks pretty much the same. It's kind of hard to make those kind of videos because you really have to do a one-for-one -one comparison. But some of the videos, Master Chief just had different weapons on him. So it was yeah. like, you can't really, you know, look. But yeah, um, overall, I think what they showed was good. It looked interesting. Um, you know, they showed a, a section where the pilot that is with Master Chief uh you can contact him and he can drop a different vehicle that you can either drive or fly and it's like oh that's pretty cool so yeah, well yeah the focus of this overview was a lot of the open world sandbox nature of the game and less on yeah. the game's actual narrative and right what you're doing in the game from a moment to moment thing my general thought is my opinion on this game literally hasn't changed they haven't shown me enough of its single player to really get me interested in the narrative. You can play the story to get me interested. And I'm not a fan of Kalo becoming a sandbox game, which I, I made some uh, assertions about the nature of Game Pass and how it would affect games going forward. And there's, from a minor conspiracy theory nature, I'm like, this is one of those changes. Mm -hmm. Like, because yeah. they made the multiplayer free. And so they need to have another reason for why you would want to. A, play this game beyond the name recognition of Halo, and B, why we continue playing this game beyond the name recognition of Halo. And it having an open world sandbox that they can release cool clips on YouTube and people can build like a community around is one of those things. That's not the Halo experience I want, so that doesn't really do much to interest in me. But not my Halo. <laughs> I mean, for the most part, it looks fine. I'm of the mindset also that I, I haven't watched any of those graphical things and whatnot uh so like i'm not really the most uh qualified to talk about those core differences but for the most part it didn't look that different from the original trailer yeah no like didn't. i didn't see any major difference to be like oh man they took that half a year to really put the screws on this game like i'm guessing they took most of that year to just polish up like things so like when the game comes out no one can complain about bugs and stuff like that especially now that it's an open world game and no longer a uh right yeah a, uh, a, a focused single player thing, those are going to happen more. Yeah, I, I definitely think, like, in terms of the story, what they showed was, um, you know, Halo needs an AI and he has found what they call the weapon, which is just like a, a, another lady AI system, but she's a bit more naive because she doesn't have the, the you know, life experience that Cortana uh, has. And she's wearing gloves. Yeah, that was update 2.0. They were like, we can't, we can't have this naked thing going around again. But um, yeah. So that was that. Yeah. In terms of the open worldness, um, you know, for me, it definitely looked like ah, this is Destiny, but this is Halo Destiny, but with this is Destiny, but just with added vehicles. 
like adding flag vehicles because you you have the that skimmer thing in Destiny. Anyways, mm-hmm. yeah. So looking at this, it's just like yeah. So it it really makes sense that Bungie just kind of their natural progression was to get to something like Destiny, and it's just like looking at Halo. It's like I guess you really can't escape that direction because it's like what else will you do in this world where you know people love the sandbox nature of the multiplayer game and then especially with halo forge like you kind of just become like a free-for-all in terms of things you want to try and the open world format is really good for being a free-for-all for things you want to try so yeah i don't know in terms of halo i am of the same mind as avery where it's just like for halo one the story was the most impactful thing and then halo 2 and halo 3 kind of focus more on the multiplayer than single player so i don't know we'll see what this what happens going yeah. forward from here but uh, yeah. Uh, also, yeah so also just to give him a shout out since he's not here jordan was really high on this multiplayer at least from what yeah. he indicated in our comments yeah oh yes he was uh number three this comes from Eurogamers wesley yinpool uh Warner Brothers Smash Brothers style game Multiverses, I actually really like that name, is leaking all over the place. So um, I think the leak initially came from Reddit, but uh, this mm-hmm. is just a bunch of information from when the leak first started to current time. So the potential developer is NetherRealm Studios, the Mortal Kombat devs. So makes sense. Uh, eh, actually, it kind of makes sense. Um, <laughs> the images appear to confirm <coughs> the treehouse from Adventure Time and the Get Swifty concert from Rick and Morty are considered stages. Mm. Did I pronounce that right, Sean? Swifty. Swifty? Okay. So it's said to include the likes, uh, in terms of characters, it's said to include the likes of Scooby Doo's Shaggy, uh, Lord of the Rings Gandalf, Tom and Jerry, Fred Flintstone, Mad Max, and Johnny Bravo. And this has been confirmed by uh, Game Beats Jeff Grubb. So. That kind of, for me, for my mind, that kind of holds weight in terms of what we actually will see from this. Uh, and then they showed actual, they showed the select screen, which revealed a mysterious character next to, or uh, alongside Steven Universe, Batman, Harley Quinn, Adventure Times, Finn and Jake, Shaggy, as I mentioned before, Superman, Wonder Woman, Gandalf, as mentioned before, Rick and Morty's Rick, Bugs Bunny, and Tom and Jerry. I think also Batman. Oh, no, 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 there was someone else. Anyways, whatever. Um, yeah, so the document revealed yesterday, which was the, the day of this recording, um, that the multiverses is similar to Smash Brothers in that it confirms a knockback percentage system that Smash Brothers have. So this is all very crazy. Oh, actually, no, no, there's more. I didn't scroll down. Uh, the latest leaks also confirm with supposed new gameplay details included Arya from the Game of Thrones as a playable character. And then, and then, there is also suggesting that it could be a free-to-play game with future fighters such as basketball star LeBron James as DLC. What the fuck is going on with this? This sounds game? like WB Mugen. Oh, yes. Oh, shit, that is so um... true. Oh Hopefully my god, that's so true. Uh, well, I mean, it, another part of the leak was indicating that it seems to be a free-to-play game. Also, Jeff Grubb described it as looking cheap. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know how you even then. market or advertise this shit, but I mean, 
Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a Warner lot. Brothers has been trying to market a multiverse of all their properties since Ready Player One. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Space Jam was just a more concrete encapsulation of that brand idea. And then all their uh, Fortnite work is one of those things that just like, if you're happy about the brand recognition of Warner Brothers, then yeah, this is gr- this is for you. But like, yeah, not, none of it seems interesting to me. At, at this all point, of these characters are from so many different generations of people. Uh, it's a catch-all. It, it's literally yeah. a catch-all. <laughs> like, at, at, at least with the Nickelodeon one, it was like operating off of the nostalgia of Nicktoons, and they all have mm-hmm. a sort of brand identity that works with it. This is just like yeah. I, Neo from the Matrix is about to be in this. Uh, he's going to be fighting <laughs> Bugs Bunny. Uh, there's going to be a lot of rabbit jokes. It's whatever. Like, Quick, I, what <laughs> else do we own? Yes, <laughs> literally. So my okay. So I, I'm of two minds. This right. I want to see this actually play because I want to see Shaggy finally throw hands. But the other side to this is that I have been burned from Nickelodeon All Stars mess, and I I am not here for it until this game is vetted by the Smash Pros, and they're like, "Hey, this game is exactly like Smash Brothers, but it's WB people." And that's the only way I'm going to buy this game. That's it. That's it. Moving on. Number four. This comes from the PlayStation blog. Oh, you gonna say something, Avery? No, just give me the thumbs oh, up. Gotcha, gotcha. Harry Kruger. Yeah, PlayStation blog. Uh, Returnal 2.0 update brings suspend cycle and photo mode. Great. I'm, I'm glad that this is finally here, so more people will be able to play this game and enjoy it. I don't really have much to say about that. Number five. This comes from PlayStation blog's Aaron Metzger. Apple Music launches on PS5. Great. Glad I did that. Number six. Uh, This comes from VGC's Andy Robinson. Sony has formed the PlayStation PC label for its PC game push. So, um, basically, uh, recently, Steam users noticed that the platform holders' PC releases had uh, their publisher switch to PlayStation PC LLC from the previous PlayStation Mobile label. so this is mainly a formality, which, but it, it represents a strong signal that Sony intends to increase its game output on the PC platform. So this is one of the things where it's just like, all right, cool. It's just a name change. Uh, we really haven't seen much on this, and this news was actually reported, as you see, from Steam users, not necessarily from Sony itself. So it definitely just feels like they're just consolidating things for probably you know, their next big state of play showing or whatever they do uh number seven this comes from playstation lifestyles chandler wood bug snacks isle of big snacks update will have trophies thanks to greg miller <laughs> oh my gosh greg miller is the savior of platinum trophies so young horse's up and coming bug snacks isle of big snacks update originally wasn't going to bring additional trophies to the game but some poking and prodding from the community, namely kind of funny as Greg Miller, led the developers to change their minds. <laughs> so this is one of those things where if you have followed Kind of Funny or if you just followed Greg from Podcast Beyond on IGN, he has been very much so on the forefront of all games should have trophies, all games should have at least a platinum trophy. And he was and just the, like, you know. And the better your trophy these- list is, the better your game will probably sell. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And, you know, the pushback from that was from developers saying that, oh, people don't really care about trophies. And he was like, that's not true. They do. Just put the trophies in your game and people will buy the game because of the trophies. And he, he 
before he got another game to put a platinum trophy in the game because he just didn't have a platinum trophy. Forget what the game was, but um, you know, he strikes again. So it's pretty. I think, um, I think one of his biggest things was the fact that Gone Home didn't have a platinum trophy, and I think yeah, specifically right. he, the developer of Gone Home, went on kind of funny so Greg could get the first platinum trophy in his sequel to Coma. <laughs> yes. I think the All other right. piece of side news that was revealed here is that um, I think a lot of programmers didn't realize that you could add trophies to an update. Most people thought it could only be done with DLC downloads. Oh, so additional okay. well, DLC pieces. Like Sony yeah. has Sony has always been kind of dumb when it comes to trophies. Like you have to ask PlayStation to put a platinum in it, and then most times PlayStation would be like, nah. But then if you ask them again, they're like, okay. So it's like it's one yeah. of those really <laughs> things. I guess you want it. You can have it. <laughs> they broke my defenses. And right. <laughs> as someone uh, who as someone who has the platinum in bug snacks and someone who loves getting platinum trophies and doing that extra bit of work to get that, doesn't matter if I'm, if I'm interested in the game, yeah, I'm going to play the game. But nothing is more exciting to me than looking at a game and seeing a trophy and like, oh, this is doable, which means that yeah. I'm going to spend more time in your game because of that. And if I'm going to spend more time in your game, odds are if your game has any other monetary uh, metrics yeah, right. of engagement, I will probably do that. And like yeah, the argument yeah. that trophies don't sell games have not seen the the sewer of PSN in which there are entire video game publishers who like sell mobile games on PlayStation that can get you yeah. a five minute platinum trophy. That's all it exists to do. What is it? I am toast, right? That's, that's uh, I am Mayo the, is one of the big ones. Mayo, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just a <laughs> clicker game where you have to click a button over and over again and in 30 minutes you get a fucking platinum. <laughs> Interesting. All right. I believe I believe the publisher is Rattleika Games. Oh yes, yes, you're right, you're right. I love platinum, so, I don't love cheap platinum, so I've never touched a Rattleika game. I'm not that desperate. Like I have no one to compete with on my friends list in terms of platinum trophies. So like, there's no reason for me to <laughs> inject. Am, am, I, am I the am I the closest but farthest behind you? Probably. I think. <laughs> Oh man, I started. I, I was just like, like, this is not for me. <laughs> I don't feel like I've completed a game sometimes unless I've got the platinum trophy. I, I couldn't I mean, beat it. Uh, yeah. For me, the platinum trophy is a period or a game. Like I got the yeah. platinum, I can delete this and never have to worry about it ever again. Oh, and yeah. like I don't, I don't have to replay it. Like, like literally, there's no one who can say anything to me about seeing every aspect of this game because I have this fucking trophy. <laughs> you got your money's worth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh. It's sort of on the same lines, but a little bit differently. It's, this is number eight. This comes from PC Gamers. Uh, Wes Hen- Henlong? Henlong? No, Henlong. Henlong. There we go. Nintendo's botched N64 emulation proves just how amazing fan emulators are. So this really has nothing to do with the last story. Uh, so essentially, um, <laughs> essentially, Nintendo's launch of the N64 games on the Switch is pretty god awful and people are just like this is this is trash but i mean the the main point about this is nintendo charged a great deal amount of money for uh the n64 sega and the animal crossing content and now that we have the nintendo 64 content people are just like this is this is really bad like how did they come to release this with us paying more money for this um, I don't really have much to say about this because I wasn't going to buy this to begin, but it, it is just really sad to hear that Nintendo is just doing such a bad job with their emulation. Seeing it's how pretty glitchy. Yeah. Seeing how there is a bunch of great fan emulators out there and like 
there's people who are really doing the job and it's just like Nintendo you're getting bested by your fans like <laughs> well they couldn't really use those because I think most of those are open sourced and then that would create yeah. an even bigger stink if they try to use that and now they're selling it you know monetarily right I know that's true but like Nintendo has more money than any of their fans so they could most certainly like take an open source thing and, and make it proprietary but I don't know yeah. I, I just, I have nothing to say about this beyond my rant the last time we talked about this, and this is pretty much expected, but I just checked my, uh, my friends list. Sean, you are indeed correct. You have 19 trophies to my 39. And then, the, and, you and I really don't even try for them, so those are natural platinums. I, I would have 40 if DJ would fucking turn on Deathloop so I could fucking kill him. Damn you, DJ. Oh my gosh, yeah. Well, well Avery, you should be delighted to know that I I have not deleted it off my hard drive, so I'm still thinking of you. Let's do it. You're, you're literally <laughs> sitting, you're sitting before me in perfection right now. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have money to buy the uh, the uh, new uh, expandable external hard drive right now, so literally, mm-hmm. definitely be just sitting on my console, taking up space oh. when I could be playing Returnal again. Now it has an update that fixes my problem with that game. <laughs> yeah, because right. I only have like two things to find in Returnal, and I get the platinum. Two little mm-hmm. logbooks. That's it. All right, number nine. This comes from Among Us Twitter account. A new ability is coming to the next Among Us update. The imposters will be able to morph into another living crewmate. So uh, they showed a little video of this. It looks pretty interesting. Um, They also added that there's gameplay options for this ability, so it's not completely overpowered. Uh, You can adjust the probability of an imposter getting the actual role to appear during game. You can change the, the duration of the ability so it doesn't last forever. And then you can also have it where it leaves evidence of the imposter shape-shifting when in any room that the imposter actually does it in. So this is kind of cool. This is interesting. Um, yeah, it's one of those things where it's great to see that they're still working on this game and they're still coming up with new ideas that makes the actual, yeah. the overall gameplay more interesting. It's, hmm, they're, they're in a rock and a hard place of Among Us in that this is not a new idea. I've been seeing mods simple mods added to Among Us for the last really? year that does what this is and more. So it's one oh. of those things where like, I know they're a super small team, but yeah. All right. Well, I stand corrected. This is old news. Among Us do better. I wonder what their income is looking like. Mm. Good question. Yeah, that's an interesting question because it can't be great considering the game is for free on phone and like mm. Any purchases you make through a phone, probably half of that is going to be taken by the phone holder. And then I'd have to see what his Steam sales are. Mm. Truly. I mean, like, soon it's going to be, what, $55 on PlayStation? <laughs> no, nah, it's like 30 40 <clears throat> Yeah. That's crazy. Which is a lot, but I mean, we'll see how it turns out. Yeah. All right. Number 10. And this is the last of the quick hits. This comes from IGN. Far Cry 6 messages from El Presidente are spurring debate among fans and critics. So, essentially what's happening is that um, Far Cry is emailing people uh, whether if they have stopped playing for a little bit or if they have been playing and it's been emailing their, like, different feats and so on and so forth. So I had actually asked uh, both Avery and Sean, because both of them have played Far Cry 6, to see if they have received any emails from them. And I believe Avery's answer was, I don't check my email, so fuck that. And I think Sean was like, uh, maybe, I think I got something. So, long ago, I made a fake or, you know, temporary email account to use with my Ubisoft stuff. Oh, and okay. it's 
butt butt at fatflap.com. <laughs> now I'm trying to change it to my actual email, but they want to email you at your old email address to verify that this is actually you trying to change it. I don't have access to that. This I probably made that when Black Flag came out or something like that. I can't access it now. And their customer service is is so so. So it's <laughs> like, are you butt butt at flag? <laughs> butt butt at flag. Oh my god. Um, yeah, so I'm wow. I, maybe it's emailing that mystery email. I can't access it. I don't know. Considering how often you played Far Cry, Sean, I doubt you would have gotten the email anyway because you like <laughs> were playing it consistently. I think it's yeah. more an email from me and Jordan who like played it really a lot in the first week and then just stopped playing for other things. Well, oh my actually, they have been emailing people who have been playing a lot as well. They have been emailing them stats. So you've killed this many people, or you've liberated this many things, or you've been blah, blah, blah. So they're engaging everybody. Yep. And some people hate yeah. it, some people love it. So, I mean, it is what it is. Right. All right. So uh, that is it for the quick hits. And now it is time for our heavy hitter. But we're going to make it quick. Take it away. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the continual bullshit with Activision Blizzard is continuing. Uh, an- another piece of news that's sort of an addendum to this heavy hitter, which is essentially that Bobby Kotick, the CEO of Activision Blizzard, has uh, taken a massive pay cut, and they've amended a lot of their, their contracts to uh, get rid of forced arbitration, which essentially meant that if something were to happen internally at the company, you as an employee couldn't sue the company for that because you waived your right for arbitration in your original contract, which was... Yeah. I it get is. from a business reason why you wouldn't do that, but from a personal reason, that's kind of fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kotick, I think the exact number he took, I uh, it says he'll make six, 62.5 a year. That's all. One of the reasons why I, I'm nonplussed about this is that this is just how much he makes in terms of his actual salary and not including his bonuses and any other fiscal bullshit that's going to get well. Weird. Well, actually, that was a question that was posed because we were just like, yeah, like he's still going to make a bunch of money. But this is actual. The 62,000 is the total compensation. So that's going to be everything. So he's not going to get any bonuses anymore. So like uh, earlier, his this lifestyle year, isn't changing. Well, he I mean, has, uh, he probably has a savings account. So like, he's like, I'll take the L for at, a couple of least. months. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. So like earlier this year, uh, his shareholders approved a 155 million dollar pay package for him so you know of course he's he's, he still has that money but going forward now it's only going to be the 62k which is supposed to be the uh lowest that california will allow a person's uh salary to go or whatever he's worth about eight billion so this ain't gonna this means nothing to him it's it's I think a lot of it is literally part of the smokescreen of like, we're still dealing with this and we're trying to not have it affect our bottom line. Cause it, like the amount of money he's getting paid to run that company absolutely means nothing when he's made yeah. so much money running this company in this way. Now, uh, the other yeah. piece of news uh, as an addendum to this is that there, there's going to be no uh, BlizzCon next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, yeah. we're not going to get any overwatch two news, any wow news, any, Anything of any real value from the company, they're we're staying quiet. I mean, they can do a direct style. I mean, no, they they cancel it. They cancel it entirely. Yeah. Like the last couple of BlizzCons have been those. 
direct yeah. style things because they haven't been able to have a conference because of the pandemic. This is just them yeah. saying we're not doing anything. Right. And then on top of that, I think um, people were speculating that, you know, just to kind of go along with the fact that Activision's not doing well sales wise, that mm-hmm. him taking this pay cut could be preparing for their next um, like financial briefing when they have to go to their shareholders and talk about like, you know, what's happening this quarter. So it might be just to get ahead of some of that stuff, because, you know, of course, the the saying all the time is, as Avery said earlier, that like Kotick is being paid way too much for his job is way too much. But um, the thing that is really important about this story is the fact that although his salary will be cut, his stuff is going to be cut because the people who were fighting for the employees in the company, they actually got what they wanted. So. Mm. Uh, he is going to be investing in, um, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion goal. Like he has to get those stuff met before well, he can the get company. The but yeah, the company is going to invest, not him specifically. Well, yeah, but yeah, yeah, ahead, yeah, yeah. Um, what's man, interesting is that last sentence. Activision Blizzard is also committing to expanding the number of women mm-hmm. and non-binary people it employs by fifty percent. That's going to be a tough road uphill if they have a reputation for treating them like trash to begin with. Where are you going to find these applicants? Exactly, exactly. Hey, so, guys, like, we've changed. They, really? <laughs> really? <laughs> so, like, that is going to be a thing where, like, part of me feels like the only way that that change can really start, if they do a clean sweep of their HR, if they do a clean sweep of a lot of the upper executive that was allowing the bullshit to continue because that is really like yeah people can change and like you can you know you can teach a person how not to be a terrible human being but like it that stuff has gone on the surface <laughs> yeah that stuff has gone on for far too long where it's just like no nah, like these people are not good at their job they're good at keeping their jobs but they're not good at their jobs so they need to be let go and you need to where put is people this- in here Where's this 50% coming from? 50% of the total employees or 50% of the women and 50% of the nine binary people are employed? Because like if they got 10 currently, <laughs> what, what does you're this not, 50% mean exactly? You're not right. Like, it would be five. But theoretically, <laughs> I'm thinking they honestly can't. That number, I, I think if they've got, Activision Blizzard is a massive company. So if 30% of their company is women that would mean they're increasing it by at least 15 percent, which is fine it's it's one of those we won't know about the general effects of this until we see it in practice in terms of their hiring and their the makeup of their teams but it doesn't affect their business and how they make games because like Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if your team is 75 percent women if you're still making call of duty every year and that's the only piece of content you're releasing yeah yeah it, it, yeah, it is definitely one of those things where, you know, Activision is working on on two parts where it is like, yeah, we need to increase our diversity in our employees and so on and so forth. But like our properties aren't really diverse. And it's just like you have to, you know, unless you get people, I'm going to say people, but I'm really talking about women and non-binary people who are really into Call of Duty and really just want to make Call of Duty for the rest of their time being there. Like you're not currently get a lot of new people essentially how do you identify that you're non-binary i'm i'm 
I don't think I've ever seen male or female or other on a job application, and I'm looking at I some right now. I, I can looking be at job me. applications or non-binary people? Job applications. Like, have you ever okay. seen no. check the gender on a job application? I could be very wrong about this. I am I'm kind of assuming. Now. I don't see. Well, yeah, yeah, no, no. I, I don't think it's a thing that you identify as non-binary, but I think non-binary is referring to, like, LGBTQ+. Plus. Right? Do you put that on the job application? This shit is so complex. But I no, no, it. no. You don't. You, you, you don't put that down. But like, I think it is. <laughs> they want more diversity in terms of those kind of people. I feel like office. applications are going to go out specifically for people to fill out those roles. Less, as, yeah, I think, yeah. less of a targeted. You, you have to fill out this box on the application. The application is going to go out looking for those type of people. Yeah. Yeah. Because like they're they're definitely going to be hiring people. They're gonna like when it comes down to it, what it means is that they're going to be looking at their list of applicants and they're gonna favor more women towards men. They're gonna favor more non-binary people towards cis people or whatever it's the, people, the comparison. Yeah. 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 But Sean, you are right though, in terms of like, you know, some people don't necessarily put that aspect out there in the forefront so it you is not get it like, wrong how do you right it's like how do you <laughs> how do you just how do you search it do you just you ask the like person if they're non-binary yeah like <laughs> i mean specifically the etiquette is that a non-binary oh. person would identify themselves in order to get their pronouns correct i believe i'm not i'm not the uh yeah i, I just i just looked up non-binary binary. so non-binary refers to someone who does not identify only as a man or a woman, i.e. the traditional gender binary according to the human rights campaign. They could identify themselves as both a man and a woman, they them pronouns. genders, or not a part of any gender category at all. So I think it is like, if the, I, I, really and truly, this would be a learning process for Activision where the applications would say uh, male, female, or other. And I think a person who is non-binary would probably check other. Because that would mean that they don't. Honestly, this identify. is a in a world that has dealt with affirmative action. This is a learning in a experience world. for essentially all businesses. In that, how do you Very approach true. this fairly and equitably? Very true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we'll see what their um what their metrics is for this because I think that's also going to be very important too because it is just going to be like we've hired five nine binary people and it's just like is that is that good is that enough like, <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh but yeah yeah we'll see we'll see um i think that is it for our uh podcast for today so we hope you enjoy this episode as much as we enjoyed making it don't forget to rate and reviews on your favorite podcasting apps and like, share, and subscribe on your favorite YouTube channel. That's the channel that you're watching it on right now. Wink. I just winked, by the way, for the audio listeners. Um, in case you missed any of this, you can find all details and more on our website at pressx2start.com. Until next time, where we will be probably talking more about Guardians of the Galaxy and whatever news to happen. You be safe. You take care. You wash your hands. Uh, you wear a mask when you're supposed to, and be safe. All right, now. Bye, everyone.